Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Coming up, third. Tuned in to the official podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing Post Time with Mike and Mike, with your host Mike Carter, this is number one thousand for the third time. Aaron Merriman wins, and Mike Bozich. Down to the finish, turning a game winning the Betsy Ross over Caviar Alley at Apple Bottom Jeans one forty nine and two unbelievable. That dial. You've got another action-packed rendition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association, Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich, where uh, the show can't tell what day it is. We can't read a calendar. Um, if you're on our website, obviously, <laughs> uh, you see it still says June 24th. Refresh your page, and it should be fixed to say July 2nd. Mike, I did not learn how to read a calendar in high school, and, uh, you know, listen, it is what it is. That's uh, that's. I, I decided being a podcast uh, person was uh, better than uh, reading a calendar. I just can't believe that we're already into July. You're not kidding. We are halfway there, halfway through 2020, and you know, lots of things have happened this year, Mike, uh, from COVID-19 uh, to some of the people that we lost to COVID-19. Uh, it, it's just unbelievable some of the uh, some of the heartache that's been felt uh, throughout the year. Yeah, certainly. I mean, racetracks having to race without fans, uh, fans being welcomed back now at a lot of the different racetracks. Uh, we're going to talk to Dave Little about that, of course, from the Meadowlands at about 10.50 or so and see exactly what's going on in terms of fans at the Meadowlands. I've heard uh, a couple of different things, but we'll get that all clarified. But, uh, you know, it's just it's a weird, weird time, and it's, it's uh, kind of unbelievable that we're halfway through things already, and uh, you know, hey, the meat is still young and here. It's really it's only a week and a half in. 
and uh, of this uh, abbreviated meet, so to speak. And we've already seen some great races, Pennsylvania Cyrus Stakes action uh, yesterday and today. And uh, Nancy Tanks is going to be joining us here in just a few minutes. A horse that I am pretty anxious to ask her about, Mike, that uh, I had a chance to see yesterday. J.K. Always Be a Lady, and that name is uh, obviously going to be very familiar uh, with Harness fans. But uh, 52 and 1, she has looked very, very impressive over the last couple of starts. As a matter of fact, Nancy Tanko, I think, has got a lot of reasons to be excited with some of the youngsters that she has and some of the veterans uh, that she also has on the racetrack. And one in particular we to talk about is going to be an action on Saturday at the Meadowlands in the Cutler. Yeah, lots of great things coming up for Nancy Tactor. We talked to Yannick Jingrau last week about the rivalry between Manchego and Atlanta and how good was Manchego uh, last week. How good was Atlanta, but Manchego really dug down late. And uh, I want to ask Nancy about that because, man, I'll tell you what, boy, does she have some heart. I'm looking forward to the Cutler Memorial coming up on Saturday, Mike. Lots of great stakes racing action. Uh, We've got the graduate coming up at the Meadowlands this weekend as well. Uh, You know, you talked about the Cutler. It only goes a mile. It'll be a field of 11. Manchego draws post number six. Uh, Atlanta, just two are inside. But this is a really nice field of horses, Mike, including the likes of Chin Chin Hall, who – just gotten used to work with uh, on a pretty regular basis. And now for trainer Nifty Norman has uh, been showing up on the main stage. Yeah, no question about it. And uh, the Nifty Norman barn has been heating up at a winter in Sire Stakes company yesterday and uh, another uh, good looking horse. Um, but yeah, that cult is going to be very, very competitive. You got the, you know, whenever you have a trailer, Mike and uh and I think a trailer going a mile is even more interesting than a trailer going a little bit of a, a distance of ground because you never know where that trailer is going to end up. And obviously uh, she's going to be dependent on what the horses in front of her do, you know, as far as where she's going to end up. So I, I love the, the addition of uh, post position number 11 here because I think it, it just throws another curveball into a race that uh, I think some money can be made at, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if I'm Guardian Angel AS and Tim Tietrich, you know, I'm following maybe Atlanta, I'm following maybe Chin Chin Hall. Who knows? Maybe I'm following even further outside in Crystal Fashion or uh, Lindy the Great. Uh, you know, it's just, it's really going to be dependent on who you think is going to leave off the car. Manchego can leave. Uh, so I'm anxious to see what Tim Tietrich does with uh, Guardian Angel AS. Yeah, no question about it. It's going to be a very interesting race with a lot of moving parts. Expect a lot of action. And uh, great cards, both Friday and Saturday at the Meadowlands. Dave Little is going to be joining us, plus Nancy Tank, that she's in the on-deck circle. So a lot, a busy, busy edition uh, of Post Time with Mike and Mike here, presented by the United States Drawing Association. And we're going to get the ball rolling with Nancy Tank there after this timeout. Once again, you've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the USTA. Back in a moment. Join Harness Racing's hottest and most affordable fractional group, Winner's Circle Racing. Winner's Circle Racing provides the total harness racing experience from the barn to the paddock all the way to the Winner's Circle. Come invest with us and experience 100% of the thrills at a fraction of the cost. For more information, visit winnerscircleracing.net. That's winnerscircleracing.net. Here comes the charging moa, charging hard, and on the 6 one.
The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has the power to bring a life-changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check with the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. Hey, racing fans, we all know the ride begins well before the starting gate. Stay warmed up around the clock at PennHorseRacing.com, your home for all things harness and thoroughbred racing. PennHorseRacing.com gives you the inside track on betting, industry events, breeding, news, and more. You know, everything that'll give you an edge come post-time. Visit PennHorseRacing.com today. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Shane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training service in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. And we're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike Gibbon, presented by the United States Stronic Association. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter and uh, you're waiting with Nancy Tactor. She's going to be joining us here in just a couple of minutes along with uh, Dave Little from the Meadowlands going to be previewing it. Mike, some of the big action coming up not only on Saturday but on Friday too with New Jersey Sire Stakes action. But uh, Mike, it's just good to have harness racing back uh, mostly in full capacity right now. Yeah, you're not kidding. It's one of those things, Mike, where, you know, you just sit back and you look at some of the racetracks that still aren't going and, you know, you're just like, man, you know, when are they going to push the green light? When are they going to push the button? And I'm just thankful to have some racing back here in, uh, you know, in the Buckeye State in Jersey, out in PA, Uh, you know, just a few racetracks that haven't gotten back to the races just yet. But, uh, you know, I'm I think everyone is anxiously awaiting to see how this kind of uh, plays out over the next couple of weeks, uh, especially uh, with a lot of states dealing with a second wave of the coronavirus. Yeah, no question about it. And I think that's a major, major concern. You see uh, that second wave popping up in a lot of different areas. And uh, and you even see a lot of uh, states that kind of have flattened the curve. You see those states starting to take precaution. Now, I think, uh, what uh, New York, Connecticut, and New Jersey uh, are making, uh, uh, I think, people quarantined from, like, what, 18 different states or whatever that uh, if, if they're visiting that particular area. So, once again, it's it's kind of scary. You know, we're not out of the woods, but I'll tell you what, I've, you know, I, I've seen how uh, things are starting to be done at these racetracks in terms of social distancing, in terms of the amount of people in the paddocks, in terms of temperature checks, uh, you know, I know that's one of the things that we have to go through at, at Harris Philly, 
um, you know, it's a little machine. You just kind of stick your face at it, and it gives you your temperature right away. And if your temperature is over a certain amount, you know, they won't let you in. So there are precautions being taken, uh, and just hopefully, uh, if there is a second wave, hopefully we can uh, we have proven that you know, hey, we can we can kind of manage ourselves a little bit. Yeah, for sure. You know, that's one thing that I think a lot of places have proven. Um, you know, a lot of the thoroughbred tracks prove that, uh, you know, things here in Ohio started, Mike, and Scioto Downs and Northfield proved that we could do this. And we're an example for a lot of other racing commissions to kind of get things on the ball and rolling. Yeah, no question about it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, made a lot of different sacrifices, you know, and I'll tell you what, some of these, especially the big stables, you know, with these two-year-olds, uh, and I think the timing of it turned out okay, but, uh, you know, look at all the money that's spent on these youngsters, these two-year-olds, and, and, and just the thought of, uh, you know, for a while not knowing if we were going to have a season at all, uh, yeah, you know, for- was certainly a scary, scary thing. Well, that, that's for sure. You know, you just didn't know, and I know a lot of trainers, uh, as we get ready to talk to Nancy Tactor, a lot of trainers had to change their schedules. A lot of trainers didn't know what to make of all of this stuff. And now that we've got the Sire Stakes program kind of rolling, um, I know a lot of the training centers and a lot of the farms did a really, really good job of making sure that they had qualifiers, had somewhere for these horses to kind of prep and get ready to race. And we saw a lot of innovative ideas with the live streams as well, Mike. Yeah, we certainly have. If you're looking for kind of like a a silver lining, I think certainly that was it. I think a lot of different entities and people stepped up to the plate to kind of fill the void. I know the USC with the virtual races, Mike, uh, I was able to help out with that. You see Costa TV, just a lot of different uh, things. Some of the stuff Ryan Clements was doing, uh, just a lot of different things to try to kind of keep people involved during the shutdown. Mike, we've got a change of plans. Nancy Tank is running a little late, so we're going to go ahead and bring in our good friend Dave Little from the Meadowlands. Uh, Dave, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. It's good to have racing back. Uh, a lot of the stakes action is starting up again, and it's going to be a big weekend of racing coming up at the Big M. Yeah, with things gearing up, Mike, and it's great to be with you fellas. Uh, you know, it's, it's an exciting time for us. We're going to have people back in the stands this Friday night. So it's a nervous time, but at the same time, it's an exciting time. And, of course, we have uh, those great uh, you know, stakes races coming up this weekend uh, and the Meadowlands Pace, of course, uh, just in two weeks from Saturday. So it's a great time for Meadowlands fans and for Meadowlands employees like me. Dave, as racing kind of got back going uh, in New Jersey and kind of got back to rolling, how important was it for those innovative ideas and those qualifiers to be seen uh, by everyone? Were those a big part of your handicapping structure with racing getting back going in New Jersey? Well, certainly it it gave you a clue as to who was sharp and and as to who was not. But I think at times – People do uh, do a bit of an oversell on the qualifier. So while my partner, Dave Brower, he really loves uh, getting into the qualifiers and how good was horse A and how good was horse B, I found myself from time to time trying to find a horse who didn't qualify all that well but who I knew had great back class and pedigree, and uh, it gave me a couple of big price winners. I remember off the top of my head, I think I had uh, – uh, Kenzie Sky Hanover from Jeff Culliver's barn. We know how many good horses Jeff has, so all of them can't qualify good. And I knew yeah. that he had some back class. And I think the first weekend back, I caught him at $19 and change. So those are the types of opportunities that I was looking for. We're all looking for a little bit of an angle, and that was one that I've been using in the, in the first couple of weeks. 
Visiting with Dave Little from the Meadowlands. Dave, we've had to depend a lot, uh, you know, maybe not so much now, but certainly uh, a week or two ago, uh, we had to depend a lot on qualifiers. Of course, it's taking a lot of time off due to the shutdown and all that. And I know that different handicappers uh, look at qualifiers kind of in a different way. They have their own things that they like to look for uh, during qualifiers. What are some of the things that you look for, Dave, when you're watching a horse qualify? Well, I think what you want to do, it's very easy to take the best horse in a qualifier, put him on the lead. So while I'm not going to detract away from a very good horse racing on the front end and then closing in 27 or 26 at a piece, uh, I'm much more captivated by a horse who maybe sits fifth or sixth because you know that the qualifiers, you know, they're not lifeless, but they're certainly close to that in terms of when compared to a real race. So if this said horse is sitting fifth or sixth at the rail to three-quarters, in a qualifier, and this horse closes in, let's say, 26-2 and two and beats, you know, another three horses to the wire, that's something that tells me that, uh, you know, he's really ready to go. Dave, let's switch gears a little bit. Meadowlands opening back up to fans now, and obviously with the COVID-19, it's a new normal. And there are things, protocols that not only horsemen have to go through, but track employees that, of course, uh, the fans are going to have to kind of uh, you know, Grin and Barrett themselves. What are some of the things that fans can expect upon uh, entering the Meadowlands facility this weekend? Well, you know, uh, when uh, when Brower and I were doing the show uh, last week, we saw them putting in uh, this device near the entrance to the simulcast um, uh, area at the Meadowlands. And it looks kind of like one of those scanners that you go through at the airport. And what the scanner does, based on what I've been told, is that you walk through it and it takes your temperature and you are then, and you are not going to be permitted in the building with a temperature that exceeds 100.4. Now, why anybody would want to go to the track with a temperature of 100.3, that is beyond me. But again, <laughs> these are just all part of the protocols that we'll be facing. Obviously, there'll be mask wearing and stuff like that. But there, there are some things that I think people are just going to have to experience because I think management is going to have to experience them. They say that the grandstand will take a 25% capacity. Well, what exactly does that mean? Let's say that that number is 100 just for the sake of argument. So does that mean if somebody goes outside to uh, you know, drink a beer or, or have a cigarette, does that mean that one person that can then come in and is that person who went out for the cigarette or the beer then not permitted back in? So there are certainly some things I, I think that uh, there will be some bumps along the way. But like you said, this is the new normal, and the new normal doesn't mean that we know the exact protocols that are going to be used at every second. Team visiting with Dave Little from the Meadowlands. Dave, a big uh, card coming up on Friday, big card coming up on Saturday. On Friday, uh, it's New Jersey Sire Stakes action. The three-year-old Trotters and Paces will be in action. Uh, tell us about maybe a couple of the horses uh, throughout the, the four races, uh, the New Jersey Sire Stakes races, maybe a couple of horses that stand out to you that we should look out for. Yeah, well, in the in the second race, we're going to start with the, the Colts and Geldings on the trot. We're down to, uh, you know, to uh, a field of six there. As the New Jersey Sire Stakes program, uh, you know, begins its rebirth, I mean, obviously, as you well know, Mike, the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes program over the last several years has been exceedingly strong. The same can be said for the Empire State, the state of New York. And New Jersey is now trying to get back in the game. And as we can see here in the second race, the Colton Geldings shot Trixton is the sire of all six of the finalists. And Dave Broward, normally a very conservative morning line odds maker, has uh, hung three to five on play tricks on me. 
a very impressive uh, three-year-old Linda Toscano trainee who closed in 27-3 and three last week at 2-5 to five and really had no problems there. I think the best way for you to go there, since we have two figure horses behind Playtrix on me, Barley and Julatrix Treasure, you might want to try to get away with number one, playing just those two exactly, six four, six five, and obviously using Playtrix on me as a single in your daily double, and of course your early twenty cent pick five. And of course, moving right along to Saturday. Saturday, of course, Dave, uh, the big card. Uh, led by the uh, Cutler, $170,000, the purse there. Just a very, very nice field there. Uh, a budding rivalry with uh, Manchego and Atlanta. How do you kind of see that race going, especially with, you know, the 11-horse field? You have that trailer, and I think that always puts a, another puzzle piece into the handicapping picture, so to speak. Well, first and foremost, Atlanta and Manchego, you know, they have to leave the gate to, so that there's uh, not a lot of uh, traffic around that first turn. And uh, I'm very confident uh, that uh, there's a couple of guys named Jingra and Dunn. They know how to do this, and they're certainly mm-hmm. going to be out there in the early going. Now, what Yannick Jingra told me after the last time these two met in the Miss Versatility on June the 19th was that post positions are going to tell the tale of this matchup, you know, at least, uh, you know, for the, for the next couple of weeks while they're both cycling at an extremely high, uh, at a, an extremely high level. And with Atlanta having joined the five and Manchego the sixth, that essentially at the Meadowlands is a dead heat of the two finest post positions that you could get at that racetrack. So it really is a tremendous matchup and one where I can't tell you exactly who I'm going to be uh, picking at this particular point in time. Naturally, the X factor is a guardian angel Oss from Annette uh-huh. Lorenzen, who was just simply sensational winning in 150 and one on uh, June the 20th in the preferred trot. Guardian Angel Oss is the fastest male trotter of the year at 150 and 1. And of course, Manchego is the fastest female and overall trotter of the year in 150 flat. Atlanta was right there in the photo. In fact, Jingra and Dunn both thought that Atlanta had won the race on June the 19th, but indeed, the photo finish camera told another tale. So, are there any outsiders in here that I think you should look for? I want you to keep an eye on Southwind Chrome. This is a horse who was my best bet last week, and inexplicably, he gets sent to the gate at odds of 7-2. to two. So what does Scott Zaran do? He urges this horse to the top in 55. They come home in 55-4, and four, hold on by a very safe neck after opening up on the field at three quarters. And Southwind Chrome has made Jeff Culifer for the last couple of weeks positively giddy. This is a real low-key guy from the Midwest, an Indiana guy. And whenever I get something out of Culifer that's colorful, it's very, very rare. And when I talked to him about Southwind Chrome before last week, he actually giggled at how good the horse was. And this time around, he told me yesterday when I was talking to him about one of his horses on the road to the Meadowlands pace, that if Atlanta and Manchego don't have their best day, look out for Southwind Chrome and the Arthur J. Cutler. Also, some graduate series events, uh, Dave, scattered throughout the program. Uh, the fourth race is the uh, four-year-old note, but it is the uh, second leg there. Uh, obviously, some pretty interesting horses in that particular race. Uh, and you've got a couple of other uh, graduate series races uh, scattered throughout the program. Give us maybe a horse or two that we could look for in, in uh, that particular series. Well, I think it's pretty interesting uh, in, in, the, uh, in the fourth race, Mike, because we see Warawi U Butte the female from Ron Burke taking on the male horses in the $50,000 second leg of the graduate. Now, we have seen historically 
where females compete on an even uh, keel with the males on the trot, but not necessarily on the pace. And Warriu Butte is going to try to break that mold here, 12 for 19 a year ago. But in her first start this year at Tioga Downs, a very disappointing to say the least, eighth place finish as the favorite. And Warriu Butte is obviously going to hope to uh, rebound off that effort. Brassie Hanover is off a third place finish in the graduate and certainly uh, must get some respect in here. And Hurricane Emperor, how good was that one? Winning a Tioga in 148 and 1. Can this John McDermott trainee overcome post eight? I think the answer is a resounding yes. Moving ahead in race number six, uh, horse that uh, obviously a lot of us remember, Dance in the Lou, Tony Camilleri, Brian Sears uh, picking up the drive here, and uh, Dance in the of course, a British Crown champion from a year ago, has gotten off to a very good start here in 2020, a perfect two for two. Uh, certainly some good things down the road uh, for him. And, you know, don't forget about Dance in Lou. What he accomplished last year as a three-year-old, this was a horse who last year in the latter stages of the year defeated Southland Ozzy, defeated Captain Crunch, went uh, 11 for 21 on the season, banked almost 600,000, was a winner at the Red Mile in 148 and a piece, and in that preferred pace of the Meadowlands on June the 13th, uh, Dexter Dunn actually told me that it took him four or five strides to get this horse off the rail so that he could get in front of odds-on favorite Backstreet Shadow. It worked mm. perfectly as Dance and Lou and Dunn scored in 150. And then with Brian Sears at the controls up at Tioga, Dance and Lou uh, just sensational at three to five, winning in 148 and three, obviously at the top of his game right now. And looky, and looky, looky from post position nine is his old friend Southwind Ozzy, who was not impressive in his graduate try up at Tioga. Sears is the early driver listed on Southwind Ozzy, and for Dance and Lou, Sears is also listed there. It should be a very interesting choice. Yeah, certainly should be. One more graduate event, race number 10, and, of course, uh, the highlight horse there is uh, Better's Wish, a third-place finish in his uh, 2020 debut, but certainly some others. Uh, I think, uh, you know, you've got Best in Show, uh, Delo Cielos, Delo from the inside. Uh, what say you about that particular race? Well, we never really saw, in my opinion, the real Delos Cielos Deo. Every week I called Ron Burke last year leading up to Meadowlands Pace, and he would tell me, I'm telling you, Dave, this is a real good one. This is a real good one. But he never really kind of got his act completely together. This is a son of Captain Treacherous who might be able to really put it all together as a four-year-old. Yeah, that first start of the year, not much to look at. He finished seventh, but that was from the eighth hole at Tioga. The mile went in 150. I think Delo Cielo Delo can show us a lot more in this spot. The aforementioned best in show, we know that this one is Trip City. He worked out a perfect trip at the Meadowlands pace to win sitting in the four-hole uh, for the 700,000 last year. Can he beat this group? Sure can. He closed the 27 and a piece in the Dance and Lou race. Better's wish. Do we look at these horses sometimes like robots? I know that I am a guilty of such a thing. But Better's wish did not race poorly in his role with Joe Dash on June the 21st at Tioga Downs. He had to surge up three wide at the half and ended up third as the even as the uh, three to five choice. I know Chris Ryder is not going to send out Better's wish unless he's at his absolute best. And I think Better's wish will prove to be the one to beat in the tenth race of the Meadowlands Saturday night. All right, it's a big weekend of racing coming up both Friday and Saturday at the Meadowlands. Uh, certainly make plans to attend if you're in the area. If not, of course, you can catch them on the simulcast network 
Uh, Dave, one re- uh, real quick question before we let you go. Obviously, COVID-19 has affected everybody. It's also kind of affected the broadcast situation at the Meadowlands, and I know it's been kind of interesting some of the things that you guys have had to do to kind of make the broad- uh, broadcast click. Well, Dave Brower always loves to tease me because I, I, I bring what I call my granny bag to the track of me every night, and it's got my lunch, and it's got my little a fan so that I don't sweat on camera, and it's got my can of Lysol, and it's got my uh, paper towels. It's got my masks. So all these things I set up on the table uh, when I'm on the primary set. But now we have a secondary set that we have uh, dubbed the kids' table, and all my stuff doesn't fit on that little table. So I've got to put it on a chair next to me. So it's kind of a pain in the neck, but at the same time, at least it gives us something to kid around about on Twitter. And, uh, you know, again, if these are the things we have to do to stay safe, it's really not a big deal. But, yes, Dave and I are now sitting at least 10 feet apart because the set doesn't permit us to be at least six feet apart. So they had to come up with this temporary, as I said, kids table. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. But at the same time, it is a little bit cramped, I must confess. All right. Well, Dave Little, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. Uh, best of luck to you coming up in the weekend. It's going to be great to have uh, having fans back at the Meadowlands, and uh, the racing is going to be uh, fantastic as well. There's nothing like the energy of having fans in the stands. We have a very loyal following at the Meadowlands. Uh, you know, our, our betting has been tremendous, 15 consecutive cards of $2.5 million or more. So we're blessed to have the best fans in the world, and it'll be great to have them back in the building to apply that energy that uh, really uh, that you can't beat it when they're coming down to the, uh, coming down to the finish and you have uh, uh, plenty of screaming fans uh, in, the, in the stands. No question about it. Dave, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. We'll see you this weekend. Fantastic. Look forward to it. Be, uh, be well, fellas. All right. That was Dave Little from the Meadowlands fans being allowed back here this weekend. And what a fantastic weekend for that to happen. Some good racing coming up on Friday and Saturday at the Meadowlands. We're going to take a time out. We'll come back with more. Post time with Mike and Mike presented by the USTA. From the edge of your seat starts to the white knuckle finishes. Horse racing is truly a ride unlike any other. One that the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association intends to preserve in the Keystone State for years and years to come. From our breeders to track operators to you, the fan. PHRA is here to bring everyone together for the benefit of the sport we love and the majestic athletes we adore. Learn more about the PHRA's mission at PennHorseRacing.com. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Join Harness Racing's hottest and most affordable fractional group, Winner's Circle Racing. Winner's Circle Racing provides the total harness racing experience from the barn to the paddock all the way to the Winner's Circle. Come invest with us and experience 100% of the thrills at a fraction of the cost. For more information, visit WinnersCircleRacing.net. That's WinnersCircleRacing.net. Here comes the charging moa, charging hard at the 6-1.
All right, we're back on Post Number Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association. Special thanks to our guest, Dave Little, for joining us on the program. A big weekend of racing coming up at the Meadowlands. Also, uh, racing, good racing all around. Uh, here in the neighborhood today, there's Philly. I uh, have a pretty good card as well today, Thursday. Uh, Pennsylvania Sire State Action Stallion Series action today. On behalf of my broadcast partner, Mike Carter, it's Mike Bogus. We will see you next Thursday at first post at 10 30. everybody. Closing time. One last call for alcohol to finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't. Stay here I know